Galatians chapter 1 verses 3 to 5 Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father and verse 5 to whom be the glory forever and ever amen let us pray father in heaven we thank you for your grace and goodness we thank you for your love yet we still remember that you are just and holy and through christ your justice and your mercy were satisfied that is why we come in his name believing in who he is and what he has done which is to die for our sins he received the wrath of god meant for us yet because he had no personal sin he rose again from the dead because sin and death could not hold him and his resurrection is the basis of our faith and hope that is why we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ and we proclaim his suffering death and resurrection and we call people to believe to repent for the forgiveness of sins thank you for calling us into your kingdom lord We thank you for adopting us as sons and daughters in Christ. And we pray that may we grow to be servants of you, servants of the most high God, fulfilling your will and your work on earth in our lives, our families, our church community, and fulfilling the mission to proclaim the gospel to all nations open our minds and hearts this morning to your word we lift up to you every burden every problem that we have we surrender to you knowing that you take care of us knowing that your will is good that even the momentary suffering is nothing compared to the glory that you have prepared for us in heaven therefore lord we pray give us eyes of faith strengthen our faith as we go through the sufferings of life and teach us to be humble as we go through the victories of life because these victories came from you may we glorify you in everything we do We pray for those who are here and the families we represent. We pray for healing and health. We pray for provision in every aspect. Yet we also pray give us the wisdom and the discipline to take care of our bodies that we may live healthy lives and that our finances would be healthy as well, that we would manage it well. 
We also pray, Father, for the individual growth of each one spiritually. For spiritual blessings are the greatest blessings of all. And yet we also pray for material blessings because we still live on earth and we need it. Yet our eyes are on you and not on our issues and problems. We are fixed, focused on the author and finisher of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, be glorified this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Our God is good. So, and good morning to those in the overflow room. There's still space here. You may want to come up here. And good morning to all who are watching in their homes or wherever they are through digital media. We are on a series on the study of Galatians. And uh, I'm always excited to preach on a sermon series, which we call chronological exposition. Not jumping from one verse everywhere or around the Bible, but focusing on one book after another, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, analyzing, studying, trying to unearth the intent of the author because the Lord inspired the author to write. The Lord inspired him to write due to certain situations. And we believe that is the inspired word of God. We don't force our own perspective here. First, we look at the perspective and the intent of the original author used by God. And then, that is the only time once we understand not only what it says, but what it means. Galatians, the part two of the salutation. Part one was last Sunday, and I do encourage you to study last Sunday's sermon. Our sermon today is based on Galatians chapter one, verses three to five. Paul, the apostle, greeted the Galatian believers. And as we mentioned, they probably live in southern Galatia. Believers with the grace and peace of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In the earlier verses, in fact, in the first verse, he referred to the resurrection uh, of his, in his salutation. Paul would then state what the Lord Jesus had done and its purpose, and that is what we will study right now. And he would declare that the purpose of Christ was the will of God our Father. Let me read verse 3 of chapter 1. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a greeting. Paul greeted them with the grace and peace of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And it may sound like a simple formality because it is a formality, yet it is full of meaning. The meaning relates to wishing somebody the best spiritual blessings. So if you say to somebody, may, the, may grace be upon you and the peace of Jesus be upon you, you are stating the greatest spiritual blessings. 
What is grace? Grace is God's favor, divine favor. When you say, grace be upon you, that is the greatest wish you can give a person. And we hope that we here in our community see that spiritual blessings are much greater than material blessings and much greater than uh, earthly relationship blessings. So when we say, may the grace of God be upon you, may the peace of God be upon you, we are praying or declaring upon them or wishing them the greatest of spiritual blessings. Yet somehow we live on an earth that is so materialistic. We like to have fun, we like to travel, and there is nothing wrong with that as long as you do not obsess over these things above spiritual blessings. The problem even with believers today, we are so influenced by the world around us, we are so focused on our career or business or profession or providing for our families. And I would like again to say there is nothing wrong with that, yet our desire for spiritual blessings must be high above everything. And I pray and hope that we would change our mindset May the Holy Spirit renew our mind. Renew our mind with the way we see things. And Paul greeted them, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful greeting. It's a wonderful greeting. And he was being courteous and even cordial about these things. However, after verse 5, in the succeeding verses, Paul would express his disappointment. He will be showing, the tone would suddenly change. Now, I learned something from this one. That even though we need to correct somebody, we must first state our intent that I do not want war with you. The correction is about peace. My goal is to have peace. When we have to disagree with somebody, and hopefully you pick the areas you disagree on, in some the things you have to defend, pick the major important ones. Do not disagree with every little thing because that's a waste of time. But if you can state, if you have to state a disappointment, it is not the intent of war but it is the intent of peace. I speak to you right now, allow me to disagree with you, but I hope this does not affect our relationship. And yet how funny and how immature we are as human beings where adults fight and destroy the relationship about candidates running for office and they take it so personally, yet they never take the gospel personally. They never take this personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ to that level of defense. I would say if you're a believer and you're more fanatic about the candidate, then I am ashamed of what you're doing. Yet we can all change, we can all mature spiritually, saying that the most important things would be 
the grace and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we say peace, remember what the Lord said. The peace he gives is the peace from the Father. Yet he did not say that it is to compromise the truth. Because even in a household, he said, the truth will divide a household. He was still stating that do not compromise the truth of the gospel, not for the sake of peace. Yet our desire is peace. The intent of the apostle was peace, yet there's one thing that they have to defend strongly, and it is, it is the truth of the word of God, especially the gospel of Jesus Christ. There, we do not compromise. Though we can argue with a respectful tone, yet we do not compromise the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, we need to grow up, even in church or in our small groups. May we learn to correct one another in the name of the Lord and in for the sake of peace as well. May we say grace and peace be upon you. When we meet each other, we can say grace and peace be upon you. And that's a wonderful wish that we can have to anyone. May the favor of God be upon you. And if you would look at the Old Testament writers and in their narratives, for example, Daniel and Nehemiah, when they knew that God disciplined Israel and they were part of Israel, they would humbly fast and seek. What do they seek? The favor of God. And you would even see that in the writings of David, may you look upon me with favor. He used different words, but that was the theme. As David would worship, he sought for the favor of God. Right now, it is in Christ Jesus that if we come to Christ Jesus in repentance and faith, we receive that grace of God, that unmerited, favor that we did not work for because he did all the work what did we do nothing we were called to repentance to change our mind the word repentance is a change of mind and perspective towards sin and everything else we were called to change our perspective and mind yet he did all the work so brothers and sisters grace and peace be upon you next is the purpose and will and I'd like to read verse 4 now in verse 1 Paul mentioned the resurrection but in verse 4 he somehow completed the gospel message at least the first part of the gospel message which is what Christ did and then the second part is what we should do which is we have to believe Although that is a challenge given to everybody else, we know it is only by the grace of God that one can believe. Verse 4, who gave himself for our sins? Well, another phrasing is who died for our sins. He gave himself for our sins. That is what he did. And what's the purpose? To deliver us from the present evil age and this is according to the will of our father our God and the father now 
Again, if you look at the verse carefully, Paul cited the sacrifice of Christ. We, know, we all know this. However, let us not forget, he died for our sins to deliver us. To deliver us, to change us. To deliver us, to take us from a certain danger. To deliver us from, if you imagine a fire, a building on fire, we delivered some of the people, some of the kids out of that. It's not to deliver like a messenger delivery. Okay? This means to save, to deliver us, to remove us from what the present evil age. Now, all genuine believers must understand that Christ died for our sins, but it extends to delivering us from the present evil age. You cannot repent and believe and stay the same and follow the customs of the world. There are certain things in culture and tradition that is not contrary to the word of God. Therefore, we, we live in it. But there are certain things in tradition and custom that is against the word of God. And what do we do? We do not compromise. We stick to the word of God. Now, again, the present evil age represents the evil and sinful influences of the world. The present evil age would, again, represents the evil and sinful influences of the world. We'll discuss more about this later in the application. And uh, another point would be glory to God forever. Verse 5, let's read it. To whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. He was referring to God, our God and Father. Now, Paul ended this salutation with a declaration of praise to God the Father to pray. So, it's a wonderful thing to say glory to God forever. And whenever we experience a certain victory, it's good to say glory to God. You remind yourself that it is not glory to me, but glory to God. When you have something good that happens to you in your family, uh, it's, well, we want to share to our brothers and sisters, yet we must be careful in our hearts that there is no glory to me. Yet, what, why do we still have to share? Because we have to praise our God, yet we have to watch within ourselves that it is not glory to me or glory to us or glory to our church. Glory to God alone. Glory to God alone. Now, it's an amazing thing that Paul had the courtesy to start with a salutation, a greeting, which is a formality, but we know that he would express strong words later on. Uh, please note that Christianity is not about always gentleness and weak meekness. No, it is a big part of us. But we have to understand that the Lord Jesus rebuked the people in the temple, the money changers, firmly. 
And even Paul would write strong words. And even Peter and the apostles would rebuke people in, 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 in the narratives. Now, some of us think that Christianity is there's no rebuke, no correction, because we don't want to be offended. Of course, believers, we have to do as much as we can to say things as gently as possible, yet without compromising the truth of the Word of God. It's still the truth. It still must be said. Glory to God. What glorifies God? Well, in this salutation, if we're just going to look in that area, what glorifies God would be the, the gospel. When the gospel is preached, God is glorified. Jesus died for our sins, and the Father raised him from the dead. Glory to God forever. He has called us. He delivered us from the present evil age. Glory to God. When we don't live according to how we grew up, when we live not according to our earthly friends, but when we live according to the purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ as revealed in the Word, we glorify God. It was God's will to save us and deliver us from this present evil age. That is God's will. Therefore, we have to be careful not to conform. And some scholars say that Galatians has a strong similarity to Romans. Yet, the difference is the tone of writing of Paul seems to be very passionate and full of anguish in Galatians. There's emotion, strong emotion, in Galatians. And uh, in Romans, we remember in chapter 12 where Paul told them, therefore, after knowing these things, he talked about the renewing of the mind and not being conformed to this world. And here we see it to, to deliver us from this present evil age. That glorifies the Father if we live lives as if delivered, truly delivered from the present age. We are not influenced by the sinful effects of this earth. It is a battle we have to fight, yet we know the grace of God is with us. That if we sin, we are not comfortable with it. We come to the Lord to ask forgiveness. Forgive us, Lord. We do not come in pride saying we are spiritually strong, yet we say we have the strength of Christ and his strength sustains us. The humility to say that and to feel that, to rely on him for strength. We have to be aware not to conform to the world because the world since that time since that time of writing until today, there is a present age. There is a present influence. What Paul and the other apostles dealt with during that time is different from now. There are some similarities, yet there are huge differences as well. The technology then is different than ours. 
Yet there are very, so many parallel things happening then and now. Let's review, go back, let's go to application. Let's once again read verse three. First point is spiritual blessings, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. As we mentioned, to say grace and peace, it's like wishing them the greatest spiritual blessings. May the favor of God, the, the unmerited favor of God be upon you. May favor of God, may the peace of God be upon you. It means you are not enemies of God in Christ. So, how do we apply this? Well, simply one, let us greet each other with a, with a wish and prayer of the greatest things, which is what? Spiritual blessings. Let's greet each other with the grace and peace of God, which none can compare. The grace and peace of God are spiritual blessings, which far exceed all material blessings. Do we need material blessings? Of course. Do we pray for that? Yes, we do. But the believer in the believer's mind and heart, the greatest of, spirit, of blessings is spiritual blessings, because that is eternal especially eternal life in Christ. That is forever. We will see our lives here on earth one day in eternity as a speck, as a small timeline in eternity, because eternity does not end. But the lifetime here is what? 70 years to 100 years. That is a speck compared to eternity. Now, in all situations, let us pray that the grace and peace of God fill our lives and fill our families and church community. Without the grace and peace of God, we have nothing in eternity. Nothing. Even if you think you do. As we always mention here, we are saved by the grace of God alone, through faith. That leads to good works or obedience. But if you start with obedience, that cannot save you. Obedience and good works cannot save you. It's not a point system in heaven. No, it's about who's guilty and who's forgiven. Who's guilty and who's not guilty. Everybody's guilty according to Scripture. Everybody, no matter if you think you're morally good, you're still guilty of at least one sin. It is about that. And there's only one who can take your place. There's a law of substitution. And that's only, that one should be perfect. That's only Christ. We have to make people understand that the gospel is not personal morality first. It is not uh, doing good works first. No, it's not a point system that you balance your evil deeds with good works. No, 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 no. It's about what he did for us. We believe in what he did to replace us What's the replacement instead of us? Us receiving the judgment and wrath of God. He took it upon himself. 
that all who believe, of course, if you believe, you will follow him. You will obey his teaching. So you believe it's that faith that saves you, which results into what? Into what? Obedience. You change your mind. You repent. But the, rep the obedience, I mean the obedience and the good works is not the basis of salvation. That is simply proof that you believe because you obey Christ. That is simply the fruit of what is really inside. That's why it's strange for true believers are strange people. Why? They're not so religious, but they have a heart for God. Remember our discussion in Hebrews, the covenant, the new covenant in God, in Christ, is what? He writes the law in your heart and mind. There is forgiveness, and God said, they will know me. There is that deeply personal relationship that desires God and desires to obey God. That's a spiritual blessing, and that's what we must look for first. Parents, as we raise our children, the focus is on the spiritual blessings first. Of course, every parent is concerned about good grades. But I'd like to mention to you, go ahead, inspire your children to have, to learn. To learn from school, yet that is not the number one thing we have to desire. It is what? Spiritual blessings that the grace and peace of God be upon them. Next is to rise above, and I'd like to read verse 4 again. Who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. Now, that is the will of God, that Christ died for us and to deliver us from the present evil age. Now, uh, one application is to rise above the present evil age. Rise above. It is God's will to save us in Christ Jesus. In that salvation comes deliverance from the present evil age, the influences of the world. All who believe in salvation by grace through faith in Christ must not conform to the influences of the day. And what are these influences we see today? Well, among young people, that is premarital sex. That popularity is about being sexy. And uh, the pressure, the peer pressure to conform, to have many girlfriends if it's among the men, the young men. Or it might be drugs and uh, things that addict you to destroy yourself. That can be rebellion against parents. What are the influences of the evil age? That is when you prioritize the self. And my opinion, which you have a platform because of social media, which can be used for good, but if you are influenced by the present evil age, you do it irresponsibly. For adults, it's still the same, although there's technology. There's a challenge for, there's that thing about adultery. 
There's that thing about this is what how the world thinks. Like a marriage that has competition among husband and wife. That is how the world thinks. Rather than a complementary approach to each other, there's competition. That's how the world thinks. And your friends in the world think that way, and they will influence you that way. It is a father being cool, still a teenager, instead of being responsible for his family, still wants to hang out more with other friends, which is not wrong, connecting with friends. But not knowing the priority is an influence of the evil age. When parents and children are alike, busy with social media, rather than connecting with each other and listening to each other and building each other, that is the influence of the evil age. That right now, a male can identify as a female because he wants to. And in some countries, they've made it a law. of certain privileges so that they can identify. And some, not even believers, show how ridiculous this was. Not even believers are saying, seeing how ridiculous this was because, well, if you want to live that way, sure. But politicians making it into a law, that's taking it too far. So there's this 60-year-old man saying, I want the privileges of an eight-year-old or something like that. I don't know the exact age he was identifying with. And he said, if somebody who can identify medically as a male become a female, therefore I can identify as a six-year-old or eight-year-old, and I forgot the exact age, but he was definitely a physically mature guy and we see how ridiculous this is. That is the present evil age. And if you say something just like what I said, uh, people gang up on you and bully you. They said they have the freedom, I have the freedom of speech as well. That is the present evil age where people are compromising the truth of Scripture. Yet I am asked, how do we deal? Well, it's a sin like any other sin, like gossip, like adultery. The believer does not look down on anyone. We do not do that. But we must proclaim the gospel message. We must point out what is sin and how we can be forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ. How are we influenced by the present evil age? There are many. This present age is more concerned about entertainment than the truth. 
So, brothers and sisters, let's rise above. Rise above. How else? We can be very materialistic that our primary goals are material rather than spiritual. Again, there's nothing wrong with having goals to provide for your family, to one day have your own house and your own car, and your children go to good schools. There is nothing wrong with that. Work hard, strategize, and make money. Go ahead. But do not love it. It's still about what the greatest things are spiritual blessings. We rise above it. That's why I say, in the smallest things, you reserve your time for God. God is not asking for 24-7. Yes, 24-7 living the life, but in terms of what? The New Testament activities like the gathering into house to house or to small groups, prayer, learning from the apostles' teaching, which is the New Testament. And, and that must be clearly laid out. It's not so much in a week. Yet if we say, I'm too busy to give up two hours of small group or one and a half hour of, of church, that's just how many hours a week? How many hours a week? And you're going to give that up? To what? You're busy with what? With what? Your goals and earthly dreams? That's just a few hours a week. You say you're too busy to read the Bible. You can't even read one chapter a day. Because you are busy. No. What you are is influenced by the present evil age. And I'm encouraging you to rise above it. And lastly, glorify God. In all that we do, we should glorify God. What glorifies God? The proclamation of the genuine gospel glorifies God. What else? Living according to the gospel and not according to the world glorifies God. Let me read that again, verse 5. To whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, our families should glorify God. Our church community should glorify God. How? Like Paul, in this Letter to the Galatians, like Paul, let us fight for the purity of the gospel and let us expose every distortion, addition or subtraction to the gospel. Let's be faithful and stick to what it says. Like I said, we have to have a healthy skepticism to every preacher, including me. If they do not preach a pure gospel according to what we read, 
but rather from the tradition. When I say tradition, I'm talking about Christian tradition that have transitioned the emphasis of the gospel away from what? Away from the death, suffering, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Away from the call to repentance and faith and have focused merely on what? Accepting him through a sinner's prayer and assuring them you are saved. Now, unless you say repent, turn away from your sin and follow him. That's how Jesus presented it. That's what he commanded us. Have a healthy skepticism about it. No, it's not okay. When you say, it's not far naman eh. No, it's not okay. You'll see in verses 6 onward, Paul would declare something like I said, I would not do, but I could echo what he said. Let you be cursed. Can you imagine? Spiritual blessings, but if you... distort the gospel or make it another one which is not really another one but a mere distortion you are cursed totally opposite the spiritual blessings you know what cursed is by God could be in this life could be in this life or the next life let him be cursed so what do we do? Let us glorify God with the gospel. And in your growth groups, you must ask the question, what is the gospel? We keep going back to that. It's not about good works. It is about what Jesus did. It's about grace alone, faith alone, through Christ alone, for the glory of God alone, based on Scripture alone. I share to you now, A poem called Salutation. Grace and peace to all my brothers, and of course, also to sisters, from God the Father in heaven, and the one whose life was given. To save all who believe in him, the Lord Jesus died for our sin, and delivered us from this world, therefore our minds should not be swirled. Our message remains the center that is confirmed by the sender. The, gospel, the message is the true gospel to be proclaimed to all people. The sender is the Christ, is the Christ, the Lord. He is worthy to be adored, received punishment in our stead, whom the Father raised from the dead. Thus rise above the present age, from it let us all disengage. Instead to proclaim and gather, that is the will of the Father. Let us all rise. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, God bless you. Good morning.